Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Majd. Have you ever wondered why doctors seem so stingy with antibiotic prescriptions? I mean, here you are suffering from a nasty cold and you simply just cannot be sick right now. What, with your crazy busy life? What's the harm in taking a few antibacterial zappers? They couldn't hurt, right? So why can't these stuffy doctors just give in a little bit? A new patient recently came in to see me in clinic. He decided to switch primary care doctors after his previous doctor who practices in my group wouldn't write a prescription for a second round of antibiotics without seeing him in clinic. Initially, the patient self-diagnosed himself with a sinus infection, called his doctor, was given one round of antibiotics that didn't seem to work. So he tried to call in for another round, but he was denied. He was distraught and angry. I can't come in for every little thing just because he wants to collect my copay and make money off of every visit, he exclaimed. So I told him I'm finding a new doctor. Well, it's a valid question. Why are some doctors hesitant about prescribing antibiotics, especially without a visit? If you've read or listened to my earlier episode, Why Is My Doctor Always Late? You know that there are a lot of misconceptions and problems in the field of primary care, so I can certainly understand his frustration. Let's reveal the truth about why doctors don't like prescribing antibiotics. Hint, it's not because they want to charge you an extra copay. But before I go on, just a short word from our sponsor that makes this podcast possible. Do you want to save more, invest for the future, but you just don't have time to be a full-on investor? Well, Betterman.com helps you build a customized, low-cost portfolio that suits your goals. Thanks to their sophisticated software, Betterman delivers a bigger gain than you likely get on your own by automatically rebalancing and trading. And their fees are the lowest in the industry, so by doing less, you actually get more for your money. Betterment, where life gets better. Learn more at quickanddirtytips.com slash offers, where you can sign up to receive a $25 bonus when you make a deposit of $250 or more. So back to our podcast. What are antibiotics anyways? Before we discuss why doctors don't like to prescribe unnecessary antibiotics, we must learn what antibiotics are in the first place. Antibiotics, along with vaccines, are truly some of the most miraculous discoveries of our time. We can now cure many infectious diseases that previously caused severe complications and deaths. When necessary, antibiotics can be life-saving. But which infectious diseases exactly do antibiotics target? Well, antibiotics only help to destroy bacteria specifically. This includes illnesses like bacterial pneumonias, strep throat, bacterial ear infections, pertussis or whooping cough. Some STDs are sexually transmitted diseases like chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis, tuberculosis, and really nasty bugs. Viruses, on the other hand, they tend to be much more common than any other bacteria that I just mentioned, at least here in the U.S. Viruses affect almost all of us at one point or another. The common cold and flu virus run rampant, particularly during the wintertime like now. Unfortunately, in spite of what you may have heard, antibiotics don't do a thing for viruses. So why don't doctors like to prescribe antibiotics without examining the patient? Well, when prescribing antibiotics, a doctor must determine whether the patient's illness is due to a virus or bacteria. This is truly not an easy task over the phone or patient portal email. 
the doctor must ask a series of detailed questions called a patient history and perform a physical exam before making such a determination. For instance, in regards to the exam, how can a doctor tell if you have an ear infection without seeing pus in your ear? How can they tell if you're suffering from pneumonia without listening to your lungs and possibly performing other necessary tests afterwards? How can they tell if you have strep throat without performing a throat swab or looking inside your throat? Even simply looking at the appearance of a patient can sometimes be an indication of how sick they may be. We can't get that over the phone or email. And then there's the history. A detailed history is a vital step to a decision-making process. So, for instance, the timing of the symptoms is crucial to determining whether the patient is suffering from the common cold, which is, well, much more common, versus bacterial sinusitis, which often develops after the first 7 to 10 days of catching the common cold. For most patients, taking antibiotics for the first 7 to 10 days of developing cold symptoms is likely unnecessary. Bacterial growth does not develop this quickly after a cold. Just because you have severe nasal congestion and sinus pressure doesn't mean that it's bacterial. And in fact, it's often not during the first 7 to 10 days. Also, studies show that 75% of bacterial causes of sinusitis often self-resolve without antibiotics. That means that most of the time, even if it truly is bacterial, your immune system can eradicate it on its own without any antibiotics. Let your immune system do its job. Therefore, as you can see, making an important decision as to whether or not a patient should be prescribed antibiotics is one that must be done in person. So I know what you're thinking. Why is making this decision about antibiotics so important? What is the harm in prescribing them freely? Well, antibiotics don't come without risk, both on an individual and a public health level. If you've been listening to the news, you may have heard about a potentially lethal superbug that has recently emerged called CRE. It's resistant to most known antibiotics and it's difficult to treat. Recently, there were several deaths at UCLA associated with this bug, a bacteria that causes death in up to half of those with serious infections. That is astonishing. How did this superbug arise? Antibiotic overuse, no doubt. So here are some of the risks of antibiotics you may not know about, but doctors see quite often. Number one, resistance. We all maintain a balance of power of various bacteria that have set up shop in our bodies and our skin. Don't panic, this is a good thing. We need these bacteria to keep the peace in our bodies. Taking antibiotics unnecessarily will kill off the wimpiest bacteria, allowing the nasty ones to overgrow and take over. These nasty bugs tend to be more resistant to antibiotics, so when you really need that Z-pack to work, it just won't. What can we use to combat bacteria if the antibiotics we currently have are no longer effective? This is a very frightening reality of our time and a process that we must aggressively prevent. Number two, MRSA, or Methicillin Resistant Staph aureus. MRSA, which you may have heard about, is another bacteria that has become resistant to many antibiotics and that has spread widely through the community. It was originally only contracted by hospitalized patients, but nowadays, you've likely shaken hands with numerous people who are carriers of this highly resistant bacteria that can wreak havoc on the skin by causing pustules and abscesses that need to be drained and debrided surgically. 
What's worse, they're virtually impossible to eradicate completely. That means that once you become a carrier of MRSA, you will likely carry it for life. How do you catch it? By touching someone who has it. How did it arise? Antibiotic overuse in the community. Number three, Clostridium difficile, or C. diff for short. This is a bacteria that lives on our colon and overgrows with antibiotics, kill off the other good bacteria that keeps it in check. So the next time you take that Z-pack, it may be the one time that that C. diff decides to set up shop in your colon. The result? Severe diarrhea, fevers, weakness, dehydration, electrolyte imbalances, and other dangerous symptoms. Because of its potential for causing serious complications, patients with C. diff often have to be hospitalized. I've even seen patients die from C. diff. It's very sad. Number four, allergic reactions. Allergic reactions to antibiotics are common, possible to develop an allergy even if you weren't allergic to a certain drug previously. These reactions have a fatality risk because although the most common allergic reaction may be an itchy rash, it can occasionally cause anaphylaxis with lip swelling, throat swelling, difficulty breathing, and even shock. Antibiotics can also cause a severe and life-threatening rash called Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which often entails a hospital stay. So you see, every time your doctor prescribes antibiotics, he or she must think of these risks and consequences. It's not easy to explain all of this over the phone, or in person for that matter, nor is it easy to determine if the patient suffers from an illness that mandates antibiotics without seeing them in person. Doctors don't want to contribute to the overuse of antibiotics that has caused these dangerous consequences furthermore. So how do we prevent further consequences of antibiotics? Well, both patients and medical specialists must work together to stop this trend of over-prescribing antibiotics. Here's what you as a patient can do. Number one, if you have a medical problem, visit your doctor. After a thorough history and exam, trust your doctor's judgment. If the doctor says you have a viral condition, then antibiotics are not the solution. If you don't trust your doctor, then it's time to find another one who you do trust. Number two, don't ask your doctor to prescribe antibiotics without coming in for a visit. You're really hurting yourself in the long run if you take unnecessary antibiotics. Number three, when a doctor prescribes you antibiotics, question the decision. Ask why they think it's bacterial in origin. Did they see pus in your ears? The diagnosis of acute bronchitis is often viral. Why do they think it's necessary for you to take antibiotics? Could that sore throat of two days in duration be more likely viral than bacterial? Ask questions, and if your doctor can't or won't answer your questions, then find one who is happy to. As for doctors and medical providers, we have to do our part to stem the tide of antibiotic overuse, too. We must say no to patients who request antibiotics when we know their illnesses are not likely bacterial. It may seem easier to write that prescription than to take the time to explain our reasoning, but ultimately it does everyone a disservice. I always tell my patients that I'm treating them the way that I would treat myself and my own family. As an example, my toddler twin girls have been struck with the cold and flu a total of four times since they started preschool in December. My husband and I, we've been sick a combined total of six times in the past year. Thanks, girls. 
So how many times do we take antibiotics for these viral illnesses? Zero. None. I realize that we have a unique advantage since we are both doctors and we can determine the difference between viruses and bacteria. But if your illness has persisted longer than the typical 7 to 10 days without an improvement, please see your doctor to evaluate your condition and trust her opinion if she still tells you that it's viral. Don't get me wrong, antibiotics are life-saving and necessary sometimes when the illness is caused by bacteria. It's only then that the benefits outweigh the risks. Well, share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook and Twitter pages. And you can even find me on Pinterest. Please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks for joining this episode of The House Call Doctor. If you have any future topic suggestions, you can email them to me at housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. Have a very healthy week. Betterman LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered by Betterman Securities, an SEC-registered broker, dealer, and member of the FINRA slash SIPC. Investments are not FDIC-insured, no bank guarantee may lose value. Investing in securities involves risks, and there's always a risk of losing money when you invest in securities. Before investing, consider your investment objectives and Betterman's charges and expenses. Not an offer, solicitation of an offer, or advice to buy or sell securities in jurisdictions where Betterment and Betterman Securities are not registered.